0: Big and important events in life require preparation. Big and important events in life require preparation. For those of you who have been married and have gone through the, pre- the process of preparing for a marriage, you would know much better than I how much preparation there is in getting ready for a wedding. There's all of the invites you have to send out, figuring out the venue and figuring out all the catering and all that and then you can finally enjoy the wedding. But you have a lot of stuff to prepare for first. For those of us who have not been married yet or who are maybe too young to think about that, maybe uh, an example from school, perhaps. When we have final exams coming up, we have to prepare well by studying. And our immediate preparation of studying is a little bit easier if we've been paying attention in class throughout the semester. That way we don't have to cram as much towards the end of our semester. So we have both a immediate preparation, immediately before this big event, that's made a little bit easier the more we do ahead of time, the more we do little bit at a time, a little bit at a time leading up to the immediate preparation for a big event and this process is what Advent is meant to teach us it's what the whole season of Advent is meant to remind us because as we're journeying each week in Advent we're getting closer and closer to the joy of Christmas and so this time that the church has given us to prepare ourselves prepare our homes prepare our hearts to receive Jesus at Christmas, receive the joy of celebrating Jesus being born among us. But that's not the only thing that Advent is helping us to get ready for. As we heard in the second reading today, there's another coming. There's a second coming of Jesus that we do not know when it will happen. Because for God, a thousand years are like one day, and one day is like a thousand years. So for God, time does not quite work the same as it does for us. And so it's more like, rather than having a date set for a wedding, or knowing exactly when the final exam is going to be, it's more like getting a call from your relative saying, "Hey." I'm going to be at your house in, you know, a week or so. And it could be a week, or it could be two weeks. In fact, this is illustrated a little bit better in Spanish. There's a a word that's ahorita, which doesn't quite translate in English, because in some Spanish cultures it means right now, and in other Spanish cultures it means like uh, soon. And so when we are preparing for Jesus' second coming, it's more in this example of trying to get our houses ready for a guest, a family member, or a beloved friend that we don't know exactly when it's going to happen. So what, how do we prepare ourselves for this second coming? As I said, Advent helps us in the immediate preparation for Christmas, and it's building up this habit. It's building up this virtue of preparing ourselves. You know, when we get close to Christmas, we start to, maybe we go back to reconciliation for the first time in a while. Maybe we start to pray a little bit more frequently as our homily series, Getting to Know Jesus Personally has invited us to do during Advent this year. We make these preparations both externally with our Christmas decorations, but more importantly, how are we preparing our hearts to receive Jesus at Christmas. And as we build this virtue over time, it's built by doing little things each day because what we do actually impacts who we are. And so if we want to become more loving to our neighbors, to our brothers and sisters in Christ, we have to do little acts of charity each day. If we want to get better at prayer and talking to our Lord, in a quiet space, we have to take time every day to just practice that. And as we practice things little by little, they become second nature. They become virtuous habits. Specifically in the second reading today, we hear a exhortation to conduct ourselves in holiness and devotion. Conduct ourselves in holiness and devotion so that we're not caught off guard by the fire. There's a lot of imagery of fire and flames in the second reading today, which sometimes can frighten us. Sometimes that can make us afraid of being burned, of getting hurt by the flames. But love, too, burns with fire. Not that hurts, but that purifies. This fire that Christ wants to instill in each and one of our hearts is meant to purify who we love. Because sometimes, if we're honest with ourselves, we can be motivated by our own egos when we do acts of service, when we do good things that sometimes we can be to make people see how good we are. And what Christ wants to instill in each one of us is conduct of devotion and holiness. Which means how we treat God and how we treat others. The two greatest commandments, right? Love God, that's devotion. And love your neighbor, that's holiness. And when we conduct ourselves in these little practices every day, little bit by little bit, you know, we tidy up the bedroom, then we maybe vacuum the hallway. We go to the grocery store to buy food for our soon expected guest. That's what prayer, just two or three minutes every day, making a connection with our Lord. Doing a small act of charity, like opening the door for someone who's struggling to get into the church, or maybe helping um, a neighbor shovel, once we get a little more snow, shovel the snow in their yard or their driveway. These little acts of prayer, these little acts of charity to our brothers and sisters is to help us in our preparation for receiving Christ when he comes again. Amen.